Sunspots Comics Now. This issue of the Sunspots Comics podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo at cryptidzoo.com. Cryptid Zoo is basically a t-shirt line that's uniquely and strangely infused with augmented reality, and it's inspired by cryptozoology folklore figures like the Bigfoot. All the shirts are designed and hand screen printed on 100% cotton pre-shrunk t-shirts by the artist and owner of Cryptid Zoo, our friend Julian Meyer. You gotta see it. You hover your smartphone over the shirt and it does stuff on the screen. It's pretty crazy. It just comes to life. You gotta see it. So please check out cryptidzoo.com and also use the promotional code Sunspots Comics. That's right. And you'll get 30% off your purchase. Most of the Cryptid Zoo shirts are about 27 bucks. So it's a great deal. And that's with tax and shipping included before the discount. So don't forget, use Sunspots Comics as your promo code on cryptidzoo.com and you'll get a big discount. And that is C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-Zoo.com. Hey everybody, you are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 118, covering the new comic books that came out on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, August 2nd, in this particular podcast, Leaps Tall Buildings in a Single Bound. And hello, my name is Chris Latore. I am your humble host. I hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we recommend to you an amazing, fresh, new-smelling comic book list to read every single week. There's just a ton of stuff that comes out. This is the filter, if you will. I give you the best of the best. Never miss an issue of our Sunspots Comics podcast. Just subscribe to it and follow us on the social media world on the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, and YouTube at Sunspots Comics. And so what are we all about? What are you in for here, you may ask? What's our mission statement? Well, ultimately, I read a ton of comic books. I pick the best of the best, and then I try to talk you into reading them. (laughs) So that's what it's all about. I give you my own little positive spin on things, and I'm just me just telling you how much I love them and so if you're trying to save some money you're trying to save some time maybe you just you're just breaking into comics and you can't kind of figure out what uh, to get because there's so much out there well that's this podcast then is definitely for you or if you've just been collecting and your pull list is ginormous like me I'm up to about 116 comics on my pull list and you just want to know what the best stuff is to buy well then that's definitely what this podcast here sunspots comics is for we try to save you some time save you some some money and tell you about the comic books that we love and try to talk you into getting them there's our mission statement so also just two very fast thank yous of course to the dude that just sang our theme song nick papa george my friend thank you for making our amazing sunspots comics theme song check him out at facebook.com slash nicholas dell music also, thank you to my son, Justin Jables Latori, who sadly cannot be here again due to scheduling conflict, but he does send his love again and says just a, a deep, warm-hearted hello to all of you. But please uh, check out his blog. He writes the uh, Sunspots Comics blog. It's at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And please follow him on Instagram at just sunspots. So let's get into it. Let's jump right into the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number 118, starting out with some stuff floating around in my nerve brain yes and the largest the largest just nugget that's lodged into my brain uh into my nerd deep into my nerd lobes uh right now we'll start off with some a bit of comic book news yes so the first thing up is from our friends at the hollywood reporter and it's titled the article's titled dave batista 
yes, Mr. Drax the Destroyer himself from Guardians of the Galaxy, just recently revealed that he's working on a new comic book movie, Eternal Warrior, and it's from the Valiant Comics Publishing House, and right now he's, you know, he's probably already working on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but he's been, he's been grabbed, they literally just nabbed him up into possibly playing, and I guess it's, it's looking pretty good, like it's looking pretty locked up, and he's going to be playing the Valiant comic book hero, these, this immortal hero uh, called the Internal Warrior. So, super jazzed about it. I mean, number one, it's Valiant Comics. They're, they talked about Bloodshot last uh, issue with Jarrett Leto coming out. Or they're still, again, in talks. And Dave Batista though, looks like it's uh, not in talks. It's, it's definitely a little bit more lined up. Uh, he's making an appearance in Avengers Infinity War. And I guess maybe after that, they'll be able to jump right in before Guardians of the Galaxy 3 records uh, and starts filming. So, very cool. Uh, Valiant just declined to make a comment at this time, <laughs> or any existence of it, but he came out, I guess, and said some stuff about it. He is ultimately, his name is, uh, the Eternal Warrior is uh, Gilad Anapada, and I just remember reading some of it. He ultimately is this immortal sort of earth walker. Uh, he's not a vampire of any sorts. He's very hard to kill, and he is ultimately, it's like sort of the search for his... For humanity, the sort of search for a way for him to sort of believe in uh, the human experiment, and that's kind of what I remember of it. And he just he endures, he he lives through all of these uh, sort of wars and uprisings, and of course in the Valiant universe, all of the the you know the the sort of evil villains that are there. He's always sort of one of those guiding lights, one of those one of those heroes that's sort of uh, standing there. And he, people rally behind him in the Valiant universe. So, Eternal Warrior, very cool. Dave Batista looks like he's super excited to play this immortal hero. And thank you again to our friends at The Hollywood Reporter. And, of course, I always share the comic book news stuff on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. And the second thing there in uh, comic book news is actually a little bit of a follow-up to last week's uh, podcast number 117 where I talked about the San Diego Comic-Con Eisner and now Harvey Award winner for best single issue one-shot, Beast of Burden. Beasts of Burden. I hadn't read it last week. I read it and I love this thing. It is this strange little story of talking cats that are ultimately kind of in this sort of Scooby-Doo kind of universe. Scooby-Doo slash Harrow County kind of universe. So if you love that, you're going to love this. And definitely that watercoloring style of art. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Definitely has this Harrow County feel to it. And they're trying to get, there's this one sort of, sort of raggedy cat that these, that the, the sort of two cat slews that sort of solve mysteries in the spirit, like the supernatural sort of realm, they, they find this, or the raggedy cat of the neighborhood that is desperately trying to get into this house and they decide they're going to, to help him. They don't really know, or help her, they don't really know why she's trying to get into this home, but they go and find this <laughs> this this young raccoon who has hands that can help them open doors, uh, and there's sort of rumors of mysterious things happening in this house, like it's been abandoned or it's haunted, and it, this definitely has this very cool, spooky vibe to it, and I really enjoyed that. You can definitely see why it won an Eisner and a Harvey Award. It, it definitely is gorgeous, it definitely has a strange sort of premise, and it's talking cats and witches and witchcraft sort of mixed all into there. And it definitely has this extremely heartwarming, heartbreaking sort of 
uh, moment and thing that goes down in this that uh, is definitely worth looking at and rereading. And I sort of dug into this, and there might be some more of Beasts of Burden coming out uh, in the future, but it's just a single encapsulated story of these crazy cats and this little haunted adventure they go on. So definitely, I recommend Beasts of Burden, and it's actually from uh, Dark Horse Comics, and it was a one-shot. It came out actually in early uh, 2016, I think, or mid-2016. So um, get this. It's it's super good. Beasts of Burden. It's the script by Evan Dorkin and Sarah Dyer and art by Jill Thompson from Dark Horse Publishing. Beasts of Burden. Go get it. You'll see why it's worthy of an Eisner uh, Award and a Harvey Award for Best Single Issue One-Shot. So beautiful stuff. Go get it. I um, read it digitally and I actually want to buy it on paper. So I'm scouring at this point. So if you got any tips, you maybe you've seen what it is at a good price, uh, let me know. Shoot, hit me up and I'll I'll grab it. But I'm of course going to try my local comic book shops first. But Beasts of Burden, go and get that. So next up in some comic book news is that Terry Moore, who I consider one of the best comic book creators of all time, he is uh, reviving his much beloved series called Strangers in Paradise. So all he said so far at New York Comic Con was, sometime in 2018, we are going to see the return of Strangers in Paradise. So I, I loved this series. It ran from 93 to 2007. It was kind of a hard ending, but uh, Kachu, David, and Francine, they, you know, ultimately, this is not a big spoiler, they, they, you know, lived through all of these experiences that they went through, which 93 to 2007, you really saw like an, an evolution of some real people here. It definitely had a kind of archy vibe, if you will, but a little on the serious side. It had kind of a very kind of soap opery soap opera feel to it but in a very good way and it's of course beautifully cartooned by terry moore so he's going to bring it back there i hope because it's been 25 years since we've seen any strangers in paradise that uh i mean that's crazy that the series turns 25 years old in 2018 that's just just nuts i just can't believe that three gray hairs just popped right out right as i said that out loud which is nuts but maybe they'll uh, age them, I hope. They, he hasn't really given us any peek into what Strangers in Paradise is going to be like in 2018, but I'm so excited about this. I definitely want to get it. They have this gorgeous omnibus, this two yellow book page-sized omnibi uh, of sort of part one and part two that I read in a fever. Uh, I wasn't, I didn't have a fever. I mean, just, I read it at a feverish pitch and couldn't put it down and really just, just enjoyed these characters so much and you rooted for them and, uh, their life was just an absolute mess of things. And it's just a, just a fun romp into these sort of two best friends, these two girls, their best friend, their best friends and how their sort of life goes on and, and sort of some of the things that the damaging events in their life that really affect how they, they, treat everything in their lives it's definitely a very deep very intense very well put together character study that is uh it's it's just something i will never forget it will so strangers in paradise coming back in 2018 go back and read all of it if you can i mean that's 93 to 2007 and he's pretty consistent monthly so i think that equates to i'm bad at it, but maybe because i read it in the omnibus form in paper omnibus maybe it's 125 issues possibly but worth the time worth reading it's a great piece of of just honestly some some beautiful american literature and the the deep ex character development and exploration of two best friends two two ladies and their best friends over the years 
But uh, can't wait to see that. He's doing Motor Girl now, of course, which is amazing. Go get that as well from Terry Moore. But Strangers in Paradise coming back to 2018. It just uh, made me happy when I saw this uh, this headline here. So uh, good stuff, good stuff. That closes the comic book news. Oh, did you hear that? Yes, that's right. That's my spider sense tingling like crazy. Yes. Wow, it's really going nuts. This next article really just made my spider sense go bonkers. Um, it's from uh, Newsweek magazine, and the title of it is that NASA is looking for a planetary protection officer to protect the Earth from aliens. <laughs> I'm like, yes, when I read this, it really made my spider sense tingle because what do they know? What are they trying to say? Why do they have to hire this six-figured individual? They even have his the very specific price that they're going to pay for the salary of this individual to take this job between 124000 and 187000 which is strange that they released that, but this person's going to have some heavy-duty security clearance. Their role will be involved in stopping astronauts and robots from getting contaminated with any organic or biological alien material during space travel. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's I've always sort of wished that the government would come forward and just tell us that aliens are real, right? And this, I would say, is a nudge in that direction. I, it's a very small nudge, I know, but they've come forth and said that they are going to hire an individual that is a planetary protection officer. I mean, all they got to do is stick a Green Lantern ring on this person and we're good to go, right? <laughs> Sector 2814, here we go. I mean, uh, that's why it made my spider sense tingle. I was like, wow, this is just, there's just so many comic books that are going to be written upon this very subject and have already been written upon this subject, hence, like I just said, the Green Lantern the space cops but very cool i had to point that out newsweek magazine and it's kind of all over the place i'm actually talking about them on the hunt to hiring a a peaceful planetary protection officer to keep us safe from the aliens yes so very cool definitely made my spider sense tingle and so last thing uh, quickly on my nerd brain is that i'm writing a comic book called zombie destroyers yes what a dream it is to be actually be writing a comic book. I, I, I love the whole experience, every single bit of it. I'm doing the writing, the, and I'm starting to do the coloring, and I'm going to be doing the lettering as well. And my good friend Jordan Hudson is actually doing the art, and it's just glorious. I would say he has a bit of that, a bit of Jeff Darrow, a bit of a bit of um, Sean Murphy. There's just a he's he's just he's his art is truly inspiring and gorgeous. You can see it on his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore Art. It's beautiful stuff. And thank you so much for doing the art on my comic book, Zombie Destroyers, Jordan. I really appreciate it. And if you want to see a little glimpse of it, a little splash of it, if you will, just go to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers. I'm going to be loading some stuff up there soon, so there's not much. But just check it out on sunspotscomics.com slash zombie destroyers. Just click on it. You'll see it. And just a little quick Zombie Destroyers update. He, uh, Jordan is actually doing the penciling right now for age, for page 24. And it's a, just a fun, action-packed page where they're really getting to try out some of the, almost all of the training that they have learned from their, from their, their father, Bruce. So the Zombie Destroyers team is just putting their skills to the test here uh, against a pack of zombies. So it's just action-packed. It's fun. It's just a, a delicious page that I absolutely just, just heartwarmingly love. And next up, I'm actually kind of tweaking the page uh, 25 a bit of some of the writing. To sort of make it kind of transition smoothly into the aftermath of the action page. So super exciting stuff that I'm writing page 25. We hope to end it 
uh, at page 32. That's what it's definitely kind of lining up to be. So we're in that sort of final little mini arc, if you will, to end issue number one and hopefully release Zombie Destroyers out there in the world to you to buy sometime in October this year. So we hope to meet that deadline, but we'll see. Because we're doing it all ourselves. I'm going to be self-publishing it under the Sunspots Comics banner. So there you go. There's a little Zombie Destroyers update. I just, I'm just i so humbled and so happy to actually be making a comic book. I've wanted to do this since I was a kid, so it's definitely a dream come true. And next up, just a quick segment before we get into all the comics and discuss them and give you all your recommendations. Is just mention a, a nice little segment I love called Spotlighting. And Spotlighting ultimately is where... We uh, meet and greet folks in the comic book business. They're, they're trying to get out there. They're struggling creators or they've already done it. They're, they've hit the big time and they're selling like crazy. Go back into the feed and check out all the interviews. We've got a ton of them. They're great. We've been doing the podcast for two years. There's probably a dozen or so interviews with some comic book professionals and people just breaking out people totally in it and doing well so check out the feed and you'll see some interviews but just want to put the word out there that if you yourself are trying to create a comic book or you're doing it creating a comic book and you like the uh you like the what sunspots comics is all about well we'd love to talk to you interview you and spotlight you right here on a podcast on a future podcast so all you gotta do is just send me some of your work hit me up on the social media of course my e- direct email is chris at sunspotscomics.com you can send me a review copy of your work if you'd like i'll check it out but if you are a creator and you want to have a nice little chit chat with me here on the sunspots comics podcast just hit me up and we will definitely have a nice little nerdy chit chat so that's spotlighting so i love that little segment and we do have some people lined up with some scheduling things we're working out and we'll, there'll be more interviews coming up in future feeds so definitely subscribe to the sunspots comics podcast so here we go now on to my favorite part of the sunspots comics podcast which is our comic book reviews and recommendations where i pick a delicious little bushel of my favorite comic books here that all came out on new comic book day wednesday August 2nd. And of course, semi-spoiler-ish alert, but sort of not really. I mean, I ultimately stay away from the last few pages. I don't actually talk about every single interesting topic and point in a comic, but I definitely want to entice you, want to get you motivated, get you excited, get the juices flowing for you to go and buy these comics because I believe they're the best of the best. And I've trimmed it down I go through previews, I look online, I I check out the Comixology pull list site, I just scour in a few different other websites to really find new things that are coming out, whether it's independent, whether it's the big two, whether it's publishing companies you've never even heard of, to really find things that pique my interest, which I have a zillion of them. So it's definitely, uh, it's genre packed. And if you also want to see everything that I've been reading that's on my pull list that have been my favorite picks since 2015, since May of 2015 when I started the podcast, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Just click on the pull list. You'll see the 116 titles that I read currently. It changes. You'll see things drop off. You'll see things add on. And also you can click on the favorite comic books of the week to see all of my past top picks. It's all cataloged, all categorized, all there, easily compacted and updated every week on sunspotscomics.com i'm super proud of it and it's going to be going through some serious changes here very soon so uh some real serious upgrades to the website so i can't wait to jump into that but check out sunspotscomics.com and this week's art winner i love to pick an art winner and an artist winner every single week the the really the ones that make my eyeballs the most happy and this week the art winner was daniel warren johnson for his gorgeous comic extremity issue number six and it's from Skybound slash Image Comics. 
And I tell you, it's the facial features. I know I say this a ton if you've listened to past podcasts, but Daniel Warren Johnson, the artist here, which you can also find him on Instagram, Twitter, and all the social media, Daniel Warren Art, W-A-R-R-E-N, Art. Check his stuff out. It's gorgeous. But he is the creator, the writer, and the artist on this. He's kind of doing it all. Beautiful colorist Mike Spicer, by the way, pairs so well with Daniel's art. But it's ultimately about the emotions and the faces here. Because there's some seriously heavy-duty stuff going out down here in this very sort of avatar kind of world, is what it reminds me of. Uh, minus the blue cats. But there is this 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 war going on between the green circle-faced people and the red triangle-faced uh, <laughs> people. I love that they have that, so you can always tell the difference. But there's some heavy father-son-daughter things going on here. And the emotions in the face is what sells this. They play it real serious. It's... There's not a lot of jokes and fun in this, but there's a, there's just sort of this hope because you have this young woman that's being sort of trained by her father, the Abba, in the red, what's red squared face. That's really kind of losing it in this war, and but it's so beautifully done. It has a, this sort of Jeff Darrow style with a ton of lines here. He's really spent a lot of time on each and every page, and just love and emotion, and it's. It really just comes out so easily from the anger that you see in these warlike scenes to the, you know, sort of disappointment on the father's face when something happens to the, there's this double page splash where the Abba, the red triangle face leader is smashes through this wall, riding this giant sort of locust cricket creature and just even the sort of lettering behind it crash against the wall is done in white and there's a million of small little pieces of things flying all over the place from intestines and fingers and there's just faces screaming there's just so much going on in this page but again it's sold emotionally because of just the detail the small subtle details that he uses with lines on the face and the sort of position of the mouth and it's it's all about the eyes there's a lot of comics that do, that does of course this short, sort of non-pupil based eyes and that can take you out emotionally, but this has all the pupils, and it, he really just sells it with a lot of the subtle features on the face, even in some of these far-off shots. So there's so much attention to detail here. Uh, you could tell that Daniel Warren Johnson has just poured all of his his very his very spirit into this, and he loves it. And I felt the love. So definitely easily art winner of the week, Daniel Warren Johnson. Again, Extremity issue six. Check out him all over the place at Daniel Warren. Art. And my cover artist winner this week is Rod Reese. He did Hadrian's Wall, issue number eight. And you gotta look at this. It's from Image Comics. It is gorgeous. It is this dark sort of science fiction scene of this couple sitting by this this port, this window, and there's this like maybe Earth or this planet in the background. It's just filled with all this this sort of dark, very gritty art. Great attention to light and detail as how the light is peering through this spaceport and they're both sort of holding on to each other and you can see the breath, you can see the cold air um, and they're both just sort of just huddled together trying to stay alive and it's it's just sort of this very gripping scene because of the beautiful emotion that Rod Reese portrayed on these characters' faces. They look just scared out of their gourd and they're just sitting on the floor peering out this, this very impending doom kind of spaceport it's a very different kind of cover art pick winner for me this week it's just has this 
very dark and brooding style and vision and she's wearing white and he's wearing black and it's just the contrast of their colors and the attention to detail and you can see the sort of dust particles floating in the air through it but it's um just kind of a haunting scene that really just just caught my eye this week so easily the cover art winner this week check out at rod reese r-e-i-s everywhere on the internet but uh, definitely easily the cover art winner this week for hadrian's wall issue number eight Artist Rod Reese. Beautiful. Love it. Thank you so much. And the breakdown. I actually read 20 comics this week, and nine of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's pretty good. Almost that 50%, which is definitely where I want to live. So it was an excellent week of comics. New number ones. Also, there were four new number ones this week. Only two of them made it to the Great Ones list. So that's at least 50%. So that's good stuff. So let's get into it. Let's get into my comic book recommendations this Right here is the Great Ones list for comic books that came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, August 2nd. I definitely consider these the best of the bunch, so you should definitely go to local a local comic book shop and get these immediately. So let's get into the countdown. Here we go. So coming in at number nine is our cover artist winner of the week, Rod Reese, for Hadrian's Wall, issue number eight of eight. This is the end of the arc. This is brought to you by Image Comics, and you have on the team here of Kyle Higgins and Alex Siegel on story, Rod Reese with Eduardo Figurgato on art, and you have to give some props here to their coloring work, which is just gorgeous, and Rod Reese just tore it apart with a ton of blues, with this very sort of... His vision and style is very unique for this science fiction tale of this. It's it's ultimately a detective story where this character has a very personal detective mission that he has, which is to seek out his ex-wife that's living on this space station who her new husband has been murdered, and he has to investigate this murder. So it's uh, it's got personal ties to his own personal problems. Our main character has, has problems with addiction. He's a pill-popping investigator named Simon. And it's his ex-wife's husband that died, and this man that that was murdered, even actually shot and hit Simon with bullets, <laughs> in a past event that they that they lovingly told in these in this great little flashback tale in issue number two. So it's this great little sci-fi romp with this with this murder investigation going on. That's the with this pill-popping character Simon. That is ultimately trying to find out who murdered his 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 ex-wife's new husband, who he really doesn't like because he he actually shot Mr. Simon himself. So, very interesting tale, very gritty, very dark science fiction story. I just love that there's also this sort of political intrigue with the government and part of the uh, the this this sort of people that are rising up very much against what some I don't want to spoil it what some of the things they're doing on this space station uh, morally etc but this is the very end of it and it was a surprisingly poignant ending here uh, dealing with uh, letting go and moving on in your life and forgiving is is ultimately what the core of this was uh, because of this very personal tale about these issues that he's had with that Simon's had with his ex-wife and how they've how they come to sort of terms with that, because the space station is losing all of its oxygen, and everyone very very well may die, and so a lot of people are coming to terms with things, and some of the decisions that some of this crew has made to help others uh, have more oxygen was just uh, was a little heartbreaking. So it's definitely a darker tone, definitely a realistic take on a science fiction tale that involves a murder investigation. So and there's some great character development here. 
from top to bottom and great emotional faces drawn that were just depicted so well so that you really feel it and sell it it's just sold and uh, just if you want a sci-fi action murder mystery adventure this is definitely for you so hadrian's wall easily the number nine pick of the week and cover artist winner with rod reese so check out hadrian hadrian's wall this is it it's the end of the end definitely an end i don't foresee this going on anywhere so it's definitely over 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 and coming in at number eight is nick fury issue number five from marvel comics this is written by james robinson and this is gorgeous gorgeous art by akko with some i guess help with uh, on art and pencils from hugo petrus but each and every single one of the Nick Fury issues have been a standalone action adventure James Bond style of fun. And it is so strangely, intensely, weirdly colored, beautiful colored, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg. It's she's again my color artist winner of the week. She's all over the place with her I even love her subtle tones to sort of oranges and autumn in her flashback scenes. It's just this light sort of orange and white sort of creamsicle colored tone when she does these flashbacks and they're gorgeous absolutely gorgeous you can even tell that it's very much set in autumn the leaves are falling there's this wonderful ferrari going through the meadows and it's sort of laying out here that agent fury agent fury's son actually nick fury jr has been told that he's going on to a vacation uh quote unquote vacation and they set him into this this small just slice out of Americana town here, very Rockwellian town, and it's even titled this Sleepy Little Caper Town. And his mission is just to have some time off and eat in a diner, <laughs> but that is not what goes down here at all. It's still sort of part of his training, and it ends up being this sleepy little town of assassins that live in this town. It's like a, an assassin training city. <laughs> it very much reminds me of like a... A, a, just a military base town but uh, you don't know that at first it just kind of lulls you into this like I said a sweet little Rockwellian diner and sort of everyone knows each other and everybody knows their names <laughs> and Nick Fury's lost looking for directions and uh, you know this he stops and asks for directions from this man and they have this warm little conversation he gives him directions as to where he's where he could go for a great meal and where he could go to have the the you know the softest bed in town and get some great rest and they just have this warm conversation it's definitely foreshadowing and setting up some madness that ensues and just when you least expect when nick fury is just kind of at his most comfortable is when this town erupts into assassin um, breakdown and everyone is coming after him and it's just this the action-packed winner of the week for sure and you have to see some of the unique panelings that akko does here for when even just like a like a coffee pot is smashed against Nick Fury's face, that just the lettering style is very kind of flashback and ode to even something like Batman 66 with the stars that fly and the and the large word of smash and some of the great sound effects details. I love it. Even when he grips the, the coffee pot, there's this sound effect, shick. It's like shick. And he's squeezing down on this coffee pot. So great little attention to some of those those ode to the old sound effects, which I love in comics. When they do it right, and it's placed in the proper place, and not just taking over the whole panel. And that's definitely done here with by beautiful artist Akko. But that's all I want to tell you, because I don't want to spoil exactly what happens. But you definitely see all these different kinds of assassins coming at him. There's a great, there's two great splash pages, action-based splash pages, that are so crazily colored in like oranges and pinks. 
and it just doesn't sort of go with the uh, it is a little more on the natural side of coloring compared to the previous four issues of Nick Fury but they all stand alone you don't need to read the others you can jump right into this and just have a ton of fun with this action-packed James Bondy style fun it's just a good time and it reads really fast there's, there's not a whole ton of, of dialogue here He's ultimately just trying to stay alive in this crazy little town of assassins. But Nick Fury issue number five, our number eight pick of the week. And coming in at number seven is the first of the two of the new number ones that made it to the countdown. It is Turok from Dynamite slash... It is Dynamite. Yeah, I thought it was Valiant Comics. It definitely looks like a Valiant comic, but it's Dynamite Comics Turok. And issue number one, and it's from writer Chuck Wendig. He actually wrote... One of the, it's the aftermath of the Rogue One uh, novels. It's it's sort of the, uh, no, not Rogue One, of Episode 7. It's like the, the prequel to Episode 7, written by Chuck Wendig. I follow him on Instagram. You can check him out at Chuck Wendig, W-N-D-I-G. Art by Alvaro Saraseca. And this surprised me. This was like my surprise winner of the week. I wanted to kind of quickly maybe give not give this uh, any time but i was so glad that i did the cover grabs you it's turok he reminds me very much of the actor that's playing aquaman he has just the sort of that look pride of gypsies you can find him on instagram twitter and facebook jason momoa but it's of course this guy standing there wearing like the skin of a dinosaur and these sort of raptors in the background very nicely framed with sort of this bone frame and this lovingly just, just colored sunset. So a lot of oranges and reds, and the cover really stood out. And he's he's holding onto knives and axes and has dinosaur skin all over his body, right? Who, who doesn't want to see that? Go check it out. But I was really pleasantly surprised by this. It's set in this sort of land of the lost, which they don't explain as to why how this happened, but the dinosaurs are standing upright. They're mostly humanoid dinosaurs. They talk. So it's very much like this anthropomorphic dinosaur sort of world, but uh, paired with dinosaurs that don't talk, that are either they're just sort of pets or they're trapped in a cage or they're vehicles that the more humanoid dinosaurs ride upon. So they don't explain it. That's fine. It's up and running. Like I said, very Land of the Lost kind of feeling, which I love. And Turok here is imprisoned by this uh, group of very kind of fascist Nazi looking humanoid dinosaurs and they're taking them back to their their leader along with a bunch of other people that they're going to enslave and or eat so they sh even show a very f kind of frightening moment of human beings uh, grinded up into hamburger patties <laughs> and I was like all right this is monster madness here and I love the triceratops that are sort of the the cars in this world <laughs> the triceratops get to pull things they get to ride them they even have cars or car pieces that are used uh, kind of roped on the triceratops as the sort of carriage where people sit so it's it, it, it gives you that feeling of definite sort of post-apocalyptic world that's that's framed here so so there's our Turok hunter which they, they don't even sort of reference his previous name like Turok the Dan dinosaur hunter it's just Turok in this which is fine must be some licensing thing going on but our Jason Momoa like Turok character is trapped and he's in he's in he's in this truck they're taking him to their master and he's in, he's definitely going to be brought into slavery or turned into to hamburger meat and he's sort of plotting a way to to gather up a few people here to help him with his escape plan and uh it's just a 
great little exciting action adventure sequence as to how the escape goes down. If he obviously does, and there'd be no other, no, the issue wouldn't go anywhere. But these fascist sort of Nazi dinosaurs are have this gigantic compound, this dinosaur compound, and you're quickly introduced to the lead dinosaur, and he is, uh, he's very Hitler-like. <laughs> We're very, wearing a very similar outfit to Hitler, if you will. And uh, that's the decision. Yeah, that's that's where the dinosaurs went in this world <laughs> to rule and be the, the the dominant species on this planet. If it's Earth, not really sure. Probably is maybe with the cars and such. But it's just action-packed. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. It wasn't dialogue heavy. The art is solid. Definitely has a, a just a fun. Like I said, Land of the Last Lost. I said it for the fourth time. Um, you know, alligator alligator dinosaurs standing up, walking around. <clears throat> There's even sort of uh, a half-breed species that are half-human, half-dinosaurs. So, what went on there? And was this is this way further in the in the future and evolution? I kind of hope they do maybe give us a glimpse into how this world was created or where they are. Or are they just on another planet? But man, the Turok character is fun to watch. He's got a ton of knives and axes and sharp, pointy things that he's sticking into people and bows and arrows. And he's this amazing fighter in this, uh, where he really tries to just take this compound out. Uh, I like that in that he's not running for his life. He is saying that, yeah, there's a lot of them, a lot of the dinosaur fascist Nazis here, and he needs to take out as many of them as possible. So I like that, that he has a very clear mission. It's not run and hide. It's He's right out in the open with this. He's just this amazing fighter and these great action sequences. So definitely check it out. They set up the next issue. It's just a, just a run and gun and fun, action-packed Turok dinosaur hunter. The action-packedness of it is so much fun and very little dialogue. But check it out. It's worth looking at. Turok, issue number one from Dynamite Comics. So go get it. And coming in at number six is the other, the, the second, the, the two of two of the new number ones that made it to the countdown this week. And it's from Image Comics and it's Elsewhere, issue number one. This is from Image Comics and this is created by Jay Farber and uh, Sume Kesgin, who are the, on writing and artist is Sume Kesgin and Ron Riley on color. Gorgeous coloring, very, lots of blacks, whites, and purples. Tons of it. But this, uh, the gist of this story is pretty cool. It's this strange alien planet that they have this, uh, these two characters that are escaping from prison and they seem to be sort of part of a rebellion and they're escaping from the empire, if you will. And this, this alien species, they're all chained up and they're running away at night, escaping this prison and they run into, <clears throat> excuse me, this woman that's trapped in a tree and it ends up being Amelia Earhart. So, kind of land of the lost again. <laughs> she slipped into another dimension or landed on some other alien planet as far as a little side story of how Amelia Earhart disappeared. But they quickly sort of tell her that they, she needs to get as far away from this compound as possible. They help her out of her tree and they sort of es es plan this escape plot. <clears throat> and, and they quickly realize, Amelia uh, Earhart quickly realizes that she's on this strange alien planet. Doesn't know how she got there. And they realize that... They, she tells them that Amelia wasn't alone. She's there with uh, someone that was with her on the plane, and they need to find him, and she's able to convince these two people that were part of this rebellion and ultimately trying to escape this prison compound to go back and help her find her friend. And so uh, that's the that's it. That's really the, the gist of it, and that's where it goes. So there is it's not a ton of action happening in this. It's ultimately seeing the world through Amelia Earhart's eyes and that she's trying to find her friend Fred Noonan, 
uh, the navigator that I guess was on the plane with her. Yeah, great job there, Fred. Was <laughs> as far as where they ended up, but it has this neat little otherworldly feel to it. Art is very clean and tight in a slight cartooning style. Like I said, it's very much in the purple, white, black hue tone. It's all set sort of at night, but um, it definitely pops out in color and definitely has a different sort of feel and look to anything you're sort of used to seeing, which I like. It gives me a little feeling of that ether sort of world, which I love the comic book ether. Check that out. But they are going to uh, see some sort of dragon-like beasts. It has an avatar-like feel. So if you if you like Avatar, if you like a little twisted story about Amelia Earhart uh, is actually alive on this weird, strange alien planet, and uh, this species that's uh, part of this rebellion that's escaping from sort of the Empire, then this is all for you. You're going to love all this. So elsewhere, I'm definitely in. Both new number ones, by the way, I added to my pull list. I'm going to continue and check out and read and hope they make it to the top pick lists. But definitely check out elsewhere just a lot of fun and i want to see what happens to amelia Earhart here so it's kind of kind of cool with a little historical figure that's that's splashed into this strange little avatarish like alien planet so lovely stuff elsewhere check it out and coming in at number five is from albatross funny books my my favorite absolute favorite name of a publishing company albatross funny books which is owned by eric powell uh, the creator of the comic book goon which i love so much but it's Hillbilly issue number seven in 3D. That's right. I love the, I know it could be a little gimmicky feel. And I had a difficult time going and finding some of the old fashioned blue and red 3D glasses. But luckily I bought the movie uh, Coraline that came with four 3D glasses in that old red and blue ocular lens style. But uh, Hillbilly's not all in 3D, so you, you can actually... I read it the first time just straight through without glasses because I, I didn't find them at the time and I was trying to dig up where I could find some old 3D glasses. But I luckily found some. And this is just a... a just a It doesn't have a gimmicky feel to it. He is our character Hillbilly who carries the devil's cleaver and is just sort of walking the earth trying to, to, to do good deeds and find demons that need to be sent back to hell. That's ultimately our Hillbilly character. But he's, uh, he's very sort of dark he's he's sort of blind but has other it's like you know a strange sort of twisted version of daredevil if you will he's kind of blind he bleeds out of his eyes but he has other sort of senses or can slightly see things and he's just this loner walking this strange world which i very much hope it's developing an, a universe sort of where goon is because they have uh, the buzzard they have chimichanga they have this with with hillbilly and i hope they're all tying this universe together with goon ultimately it definitely has that that strange otherworldly feel that goon lives in which is very much like zombies and demons and monsters but it's not necessarily just earth there's not cars and cities it's just all very uh, sort of uh, reminding me of the landscape of the game of thrones is what it reminds me of as far as landscape style goes but so our our character here is a uh, hillbilly is walking through this 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 blizzard, ultimately, trying to find this little town where he has heard that there's some strange happenings going on, and he's he's just trying to stay alive and cross this blizzard where he comes along this comes along, thankfully, this Indian man in his very humble home with this warm fire, and he decides to go in there. This Indian man is just speaking in a strange language. I love that they spell it out that way. They um, written by, of course, uh, written and drawn by Eric Powell of Goon, and. They don't explain what he's saying. It just—it's just this Indian man saying a bunch of gibberish, <laughs> and he, um, <clears throat> our hillbilly character, falls asleep. And when he wakes up, he goes into the, ultimately this uh, this dreamscape, this 
is maybe he gave him some ayahuasca or something that affected him in a strange, a psychedelic way, because that's when you put your 3D glasses on and begin this very trippy, psychedelic sort of adventure, this, this dreamscape. But there's ultimately like a, it is like this vision quest where he has sort of uh, some some light shined upon what his sort of mission is. And it, it's, it's adding this moment of clarity for him in this strange 3D vision quest. So... You gotta see it. It's I know it's 3D and maybe you'll feel it's a little gimmicky, but but definitely not. This vision quest is a trip, and it's drawn by Eric Powell, who's one of the best artists in the biz and has been for years. Gorgeous sort of fantasy monster demon drawing, and that's all I want to tell you because uh, there's some great single uh, page splash pages in this that make the comic go by very fast. There's very little dialogue, but uh, like I said. Action-y, adventure-y, demons, devil's cleaver, and our character Hillbilly, and this 3D that's in the middle of it, like five or six pages. So, you gotta check this out. It's definitely something. I'm so glad I was able to get it on paper. Might be a little tough to get. It's an indie publisher, Albatross Funny Books, but Eric Powell, one of my favorites, one of the, the godfathers, one of the masters, one of the top-notch comic book creators, Eric Powell. Seek him out. Trust me, you'll be happy, but go get Hillbilly issue number seven in 3D. Totally worth the money. And coming in at number four is from Dark Horse Comics. It's Rebels. These free and independent states. Issue number five of five. So this is the end, which I think it's he keeps the Rebel story going, but it kind of it leaps forward in time and it it focuses on different characters. But this is this interesting sort of fictional historical glimpse into the shipbuilding days uh, of before the uh, Revolutionary War. And is written by Brian Wood and it's art by Andrea Moody. Great, fantastic art from Andrea Muti, and I love the silhouetting of this cover page, it's gorgeous, and it has our main character that's walking through a lot of sort of happy people that are all reuniting, but he's, our character John Abbott is just, he's a man of very little emotion, he's just very stoic person, that is this almost high-functioning autistic as far as his ability to create these warships which he's an integral part of creating our the American Navy at the time of the Civil War. So very important key character. But in the past issue number four, he was uh, he was brought up on charges of mutiny because in the in in this uh, in this battle that took place uh, between the British in the ocean, the captain of the ship was killed, and he quickly took the the mantle of captain. And strangely enough, back in those days, uh, without going through the proper chain of, of command. Because he was uh, the shipbuilder and sort of the consultant on site, not really a military designated military leader, it was considered mutiny. And so this sort of leaps forward in time. He was been thrown in prison, and he even had to uh, have an arm amputated. So something bad happened to him there, or while he was in prison, or it definitely <laughs> paints this very sort of bleak world that is as the young days of America here, <laughs> with all sorts of issues and problems and. Uh, there's even a hint, not a hint, uh, a panel of, of showing the, the president at the time, uh, which all of his servants were slaves, or, or at least they they just did not portray these these black people as being very happy as uh, to serving the president and all of these uh, politicians. But anyway, it's a realistic kind of gritty look at how America really was. And this centers around this uh, John Abbott's wife or girlfriend you're not really sure if they're married you do know that he wrote her a lot of letters and 
there was a lot of span of time between these letters that he wrote her. But this is in 1816 in New York, and she's there kind of allowed to visit him in this prison and feed him and bring him his pencils and his paper so he can write. But they have a, just a very sort of an unemotional stoic relationship but she sticks by his side and it's definitely has that that feeling of oh that you know that women don't do this anymore but she she stands by her man and even though seems to get very little sort of emotional comfort from him <laughs> but yeah they uh they he's definitely a bit, look a bit looks like he's been in prison a long time he has a, a library there he just he's aged so they moved forward in time and this is an interesting tale of how his benefactor, John Abbott, makes his case to the president, President Madison, to let John Abbott out of prison. And it's a great little uh, back and forth, great little conversation here of definitely how the benefactor has respect to the president, but also really gives his opinion as to that it's a horrible thing as to reason that John Abbott is in prison. He's definitely a patriot that deserves uh, to be put on a pedestal and given a mansion and yet we have him in prison for mutiny and so he has to break the story down to the president and the president doesn't budge but I don't want to tell you everything that happens from there but it's a very interesting tale at what it sort of happens at the almost I would say it feels very much like the point where John Abbott sort of settles down and gets out of this world and decides to live his life with this woman but it's that kind of last act if you will that's very much open to interpretation but they even have a glimpse into his father, who his father was in the previous arc of Rebels, and as to what happens to his dad. And he's definitely a, a patriot that fought for America and all of these sort of um, small battles. That was He was a very important part to America being uh, where they are. Of course, it was all fictional, but weaved into actual American history. And we get to see what happens to the family, and so you have to see that. You definitely do. It's a, it's a wonderful... Wonderful put-together ending. It all sort of wraps up and ties together nicely. But with that just little smidge of, uh, you know, the character goes on and we we have to assume, make some sort of ideas as to what in your mind as far as what really happens to John Abbott at the end. But I love this. I, I, I really was surprised by it when I first read it, the first arc of Rebels. But it's just, it's it gives you this this feeling of, of patriotism and it gives you like a little feeling of that you're reading something historical because there is splashes of actual history and the president and these wars that really went on, um, you know, sort of knotted in with these fictional characters. But definitely check out Rebels, These Free and Independent States. It's only five issues, the whole tale, and uh, you'll love it. If you're a fan of history, American history, and, uh, you know, the Civil War, you're going to love this. And it's beautifully drawn by Andrea Muti. It just really sets this this very realistic and each panel that even where people are sitting and how their outfits look and how the room looks it just feels very authentic in this little fictional historical tale so definitely check out rebels but here we go now breaking into the top three comic books of the weeks the big three these were good ones they're doozies let me tell you but coming in at number three from Marvel Comics is Darth Vader, issue number four. This is written by Charles Soule, who's doing Daredevil as well. Art by Giuseppe Kemencoli. I love his art. He's uh, especially when he did Amazing Spider-Man for a really long time. But he is so well suited for the art in this. There is not that uh, sort of thing that Star Wars has been doing lately where they're over-referencing, they're over-digital referencing uh, characters and actors that just give you this... You can very much tell it's a snapshot of a photo 
from various movies and then they just sort of color it. Giuseppe Chemincoli is not doing that in this. It's very much his own style of art, which is very much you can, for me, because I've read a bunch of his stuff, I can easily identify it's his style of art. He has this sort of strange things where in some panels the eyes are a little further apart from each other, but it's his style. It gives you this otherworldly feel in a strange way. But this is the story of Darth Vader trying to find his lightsaber, or to steal his lightsaber from a Jedi, this very strangely named Jedi, hiding out in this planet that is a Jedi master. He's an older man. He's got the, the triple sort of man bun thing going on in his in Jedi-like grayish robes, but he's just a very iconic-looking character that you, of course, hope doesn't die, but this is very prequely. This is right after uh, episode... Three. So this is definitely between three and four, where Darth Vader doesn't have a lightsaber yet. He just sort of s stepped into uh, the Darth Vader outfit, you know, his, his very iconic classic black outfit, and he is on his very sort of first mission to to kill a Jedi and steal his lightsaber and corrupt his kyber crystal to turn whatever color the Jedi's lightsaber happens to be into Sith red by corrupting the kyber crystal. And that's his mission. So. The previous issue, issue number three, was this awesome fight between the two of them. Darth Vader with with no lightsaber, but he had sort of this lightning rod, if you will, like a like a baton that was electrified baton that he was fighting with. And he was definitely using the dark side of the force as his primary weapon against this this Jedi with this strange name, which I already forgot because it's a very weird kind of name. What is it? I just want to find it. Oh, here it is. It's Master Kirak. Infilla, with a weird, there's like a hyphen in there, strange, Kirak, anyway, is his name, powerful master level Jedi, and this crazy planet called Pazval, but Charles Soule's got a handle on this, it just turns it into this fun action sci-fi episode here, that uh, is ultimately the showdown between Darth Vader and Kirak, and even Darth Vader's legs been chopped right off. So this guy's really at first sets up a bunch of booby traps to sort of test Darth Vader and see if he can pass them. And he's barely made it through that. And Darth Vader's in bad shape here. But I love this opening sequence where the uh, Kirak had this companion bot, like a, almost a Jedi training companion robot, which was cool in itself. An interesting character uh, designed by Charles Soule. And he dismantles this thing for spare parts and uses the Force for intricate because we all know Anakin Skywalker is a handy dandy with the with the robot stuff and he in the air using the dark using the force uh, using this uh, the companion bot just shreds him apart and uses all his spare parts to repair himself and put his Darth Vader suit back together so we can go back in to the final round of this fight between Darth Vader and Kirak so I don't want to tell you what happens but there is this town they quickly introduce you to. This Kirak Jedi is not alone on this planet. There is this col small colony that's very nearby that's caught in the aftermath of this battle. And Kirak is very much trying to keep them alive as well. He's this very just... He's this old man in this, this lovingly gray beard. And like I said, the triple man bun going on and his Jedi robes. And he's trying to keep this village alive and trying to fight Darth Vader at the same time. And uh, it's just action-packed. It's just fun. It stands alone all by itself, pretty much, if you don't want to get the previous issues. But I would, because it definitely builds here. There's a great sequence in Darth Vader issue number one with the Emperor, like, as he just steps into the Darth Vader suit before he says, No! Which, yeah, a lot of people don't like that scene, but I didn't mind it so much. Anyway, 
So, go back and get them all. It's super good. Darth Vader, issue four. Don't be confused by the first arc of Darth Vader. They did 25 issues there and ended that. It's the sort of volume two of, of Star Wars Darth Vader, and it's issue number four. It, this kind of feels like it uh, is going to be maybe ending soon, but who knows? They went 25 with the first volume, so maybe this will... After he gets his lightsaber, it's going to go somewhere else, because he definitely gets his lightsaber, you know? The prequel spoiler alert, if you will. But, yeah, definitely grab this this new arc of Darth Vader. I read all 25 of the previous volume, and they were great. And uh, this, I'm more excited about even than that arc. So, it's because Giuseppe Kim and Coley on art, and Charles Soule on, on writing. So, great super dream team right there. So, get Darth Vader. You will not be disappointed. It's good stuff. And coming in at number two is all new Guardians of the Galaxy issue number seven. And uh, Greg Smallwood's on art here. So I love Greg Smallwood. He did Moon Knight Forever. Great, fantastic, epic, unforgettable run in Moon Knight. So I love that Greg Smallwood is here. And this is written by Jerry Duggan. And this is the standalone story of the Guardians Galaxy here of Drax the Destroyer and, and how he has decided to now be a pacifist and what happened in in giving him that thought into his head and that he's very much sticking to at this point in being instead of Drax the Destroyer he's Drax the pacifist <laughs> but they're on the Milano and him and Gamora are trying to meditate and, Dra and Drax is having a difficult time because of the things that are going on in his head he's very much in conflict here and I like that they're developing Drax in a more interesting way and giving some definite layer and depths, depth to, to Drax here. And he breaks down ultimately and sort of tells the tale as to, to Gamora as to why he's decided to be a pacifist. And it's a great otherworldly tale that begins from this, this ultimately, the rest of it is kind of this flashback as to why it happened. But without totally spoiling all of it, he goes to this planet to hunt uh, this this beast, this this very large horned kind of dinosaur alien creature. And comes to find out that they are all wiped out by this, this again, kind of a fascist-looking uh, alien species here that has killed and wiped out this entire, this entire animal species, so that they could harvest their horns and wear them on their helmets. So you're like, okay, yes, Drax, destroy them all, please. There's this horrible alien species that that killed this peaceful-looking beast with these like kind of rhino dinosaur-looking beast. And yes, this this they deserve to, to they deserve to all be destroyed. So unleash your wrath, Drax. Go and get them all. Well, come to find out, they also have this other species in in chains, and it's they they've they've they have a sort of slave trade as well. It's this horrible alien species on this planet, um, but uh, they have this other sort of peaceful, you know, humanoid uh, group of people that are all chained up together, and all they keep saying is the word peace over and over. And it's like they don't want Drax to fight them all for some reason, but he does. And the and the twist, I can't even explain it. I, it's definitely the hook, if you will. Um, well, before I get into the twist, it's the emotion on the faces. It's Greg Small's, Smallwood's art. He does so many perfectly detailed little emotions in a finite, very kind of low-key, simple way. But it, it ultimately pays off because it has this very realistic feel when Greg Smallwood does emotions on the face. And a ton of it is just Drax angry and jumping with knives. But <laughs> And you love that, of course. But there is a, a twist here that happens involving this the slave people that he's trying to set free after he attacks this entire 
fascist alien armada that killed all of these the dinosaur creatures and stole all of their their horns for their helmets that was jaw-dropping surprising here as to what happens as to why he truly wants to become a, a, a pacifist so check this out um that's all i kind of want to tell you because it goes by very fast there's very little dialogue it's it's of this other alien planet that greg smallwood does it's it's pink and orange and just weird colored and like a magenta all over the place and that soft sort of sand coloring style that greg smallwood has which i love so you got to see it for that but it's the tale of why drax decides to be non-violent but you have to see it it's heartbreaking and he wants to save these slaves he wants to destroy this evil fascist alien you know armada and uh, set things right but something really bad happens here to to really make him make his decision to no longer try to be the destroyer of life but the bringer of life and and it's great when gamora says well then why are you hanging with us because we get into all kinds of trouble and we're gonna need you to destroy things and he's like well maybe i'll have the opportunity just to save you all rather than destroy something else and so will he stay this way is he going to go back to how he was i mean that's what i want to see with drax here they're like i said adding layers to his character and developing him in a unique way so i'm all in we'll definitely check out check out uh, mr cooter and mr smallwood on all new guardians of the galaxy it's issue number seven comes out like weekly or bi-weekly so it's all the time i hope smallwood stays on art there has been another artist that's been fantastic but uh i just love greg smallwood stuff but uh, check out moon knight and check out this and uh, you'll love it guardians of the galaxy number seven but the number one here we go now the numero uno the best of the best the one that beat them all this week is extremity issue number six from skybound image comics this is creator writer and artist daniel warren johnson uh easily the artist winner this week it's uh, gorgeous again the emotion in the face the subtle details in the eyebrows and the eyes and the facial features of emotion because of what you got going on here it's pretty intense and colorist mike spicer who i love i follow on everything as well and he's definitely one of the master craftsmen here in the world of color so it's an avatar like world where the red rectangular rectangular face painted people are very much fighting uh, and very much hate the green circle painted face people and <laughs> it's it's definitely this avatar like world where there's floating uh, islands and floating sculptures so gravity is a little all over the place but it it very kind of early on painted this picture where the green circle dot faced people are sort of the evil part of, of the evil empire um and the red uh, rectangular face people are the sort of more peaceful loving people that just wanted to be left alone well that those lines are blurring you're kind of you, i like that in that it's not so clearly oh these are the bad guys and these are the good guys it's just war and it's painted in a very sort of realistic uh, ugly way into where both sides ultimately are you know kind of losing as to why they're fighting in some ways except very much for the leader of the red face group the abba they call him the father of our primary character here who uh the daughter the really this story focuses around this daughter that in this war she's an artist and her hand was taken off and this is um explained uh, daniel warren johnson explained in one of the in the, i think issue number one in the back column in a letter that this sort of uh came to him in a vision of that he's an artist and how would his life be if he could not draw and so that that's the core element of this is this young woman the girl that's being that's being sort of 
trained and and brought into being the the next Abba. She's sort of being groomed to being the next Abba, to taking her father's place and being the leader of the red painted rectangular face group of people. And she's hesitant there and and there the, what's been developing here is the father's losing sort of his grasp on his humanity. He's just becoming this warmonger, this war machine and forcing uh, his son away from him because his son was a very peaceful, pacifist sort of sensitive young man and was not about being the next Abba so he felt he failed there and his also the Abba's wife was killed in this war so he's just he's becoming increasingly more bitter and becoming a warmonger and it's the it's the development of that character that's so very interesting here really the primary three uh, the development of their characters which is why you should read this comic extremity is because of the daughter and the son and the father here of the red rectangular faced group but they give you more glimpses into the green circle group's family and to some of the people there and like i said they were so painted to be the bad guys but now it's sort of it seems like they're on even ground as far as their 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 moral compass and what drives them in this this war and they they write on some there's this two past two page splash page here of where the abba's writing this uh this cricket monster lotus praying mantis sort of alien creature and it's glorious and it's a uh, just a mess of war and detail and intestines and it's just this great two-page action-packed page you got to check it out but um it's just a lot of war and battle going on in this but that aside they've been the brother and sister have been separated and this is sort of the reuniting here that the brother grabbed this sort of war bot this this uh army uh, you know um you know like a humanoid robot creature character that uh, he's sort of reprogramming and making his best friend and trying to connect with because he the the son can't seem to connect with anyone in this world because like i said he's a pacifist and he's sensitive so he's hoping to create the kind of friend that he wants and there's a there's a sort of sad aspect in that alone that i really enjoy it's very unique and well toned told and very realistic there but he has no one to relate to so he's going to create this robot and an image of someone that can be his friend <laughs> yeah kind of messed up <clears throat> but so Thea, the daughter here, uh, sees her brother because uh, they've been split apart for a while and sees that he's in trouble and goes to save the day. So it's her, you know, reaching out to her, her brother and doing what's right here to save him when they had a falling out. They have a disagreement. She's in agreed sort of drank the Kool-Aid to be the new Abba, the, the new warmonger, if you will, when her father passes on or whatever, to be the also the second in command to her father, this Abba leader. But she sort of takes a you know a, just goes against her primary command and goes to save her brother which you would think that's the right thing to do and so it's this this hero saving moment this action-packed moment of her trying to save her brother and the reaction from the abba the father is not what i expected because i don't want to ruin kind of what happens but he definitely has a reaction uh this is definitely an action-packed easy read um it's but the emotional moment between father, son, and daughter that happens here um, is just gripping, and it's dramatic, and it's heavy, but it's, um, it's also, like I said, each and every character is developed in such a way that you care for them, and you want to see what, what happens here, and this war is a mess, and this is a bloody mess, and there's even this moment of sacrifice that another primary soldier that follows the Abba, of a character they've known for so long, 
that that sacrifices himself this character hobby and i don't want to explain how he does it but it's so well done and my jaw just sort of dropped as to what happens to him so you need to see that but it's a gruesome tale of of space war with with kind of this western feel to it i don't know like a serenity sort of feel but extremity has been a, a number one pick before it's been on the top 10 almost every time it comes out it is a consistent winner i definitely recommend extremity go get it that's really all i want to tell you because there's some spoilery stuff i'm going to totally avoid because you know i just want you to go get it and go buy it but um extremity issue number six our art winner of the week and uh, beautifully colored and daniel warren johnson uh top notch work my friend keep it up i'm all in i want to see where this goes and uh i it, it feels to me like it's uh we're only just getting we're only scratching the surface here because uh like you know she's still young and so is the brother and the abba is just he's losing his grip on being a father and turning more into this crazy evil warmonger and maybe they're the bad guys maybe the whole time the, the red triangle squared people or rectangular shaped people are the bad guys but go get extremity it's beautiful it's amazing comic book stuff go get it so uh there you go there you have it there's our show let's lock the vault door let's close that thing yes so those are all my comic book recommendations for new comic book uh, day august 2nd go to a local comic book shop support them find them just go to comicbookstorelocator.com online and find a local comic book shop near you walk in and look around at stuff and tell them that sunspots comics and chris sent you to get these comics because they're worth your, your time and worth your money they'll make your heart happy they'll make your nerd heart pump it's good stuff trust me go get it but also if you uh, have questions comments you want maybe your own personal comic book recommendation just send me an email chris at sunspotscomics.com if i actually choose your email and read it on a podcast i will send you a little personal comic book prize for me as a thank you so also if you want to just do a little something to help me out here go to itunes and give me a five-star review and a little positive blurb i'll really appreciate it i'll definitely read it on a future podcast and send you again a little comic book prize i'm sending some out right now that i'm gathering up some stuff for some people out there so uh, for two people in particular but um definitely sign up uh, for our newsletter as well sunspotscomics.com slash contact and uh, tune in next week issue number 119 of the sunspots comics podcast i'm gonna be reading only 12 comics next week and but there's five new number ones so potentially 17 comics and man, I hope they're all great so I can recommend them to you. But just a quick glimpse into what some of that stuff is for next week. Amazing Spider-Man issue 31, in no particular order, of course. Shadows on the Grave, which I love, uh, Mr. Corbin's work. A very, very scary, spooky. Shadows on the Grave number 7 is coming out. Rose number 5 from Image. I love um, Finch, Meredith Finch's work in uh, in Rose. I just love it. And Igaguara's art. So, uh, and Normandy issue number 3, that 70s sort of tale of this woman trying to save her sister that was involved in this prostitution ring very um, kind of murder mystery there uh, normandy gold issue number three so just a little glimpse into what's coming out next week oh killer be killed number 11 very uh, very ed brubaker and sean phillips in that weird tale of where this demon has told this man to kill bad people it's like the punisher but driven by a crazy demon or maybe the kid's just nuts off, off his rocker. But that's just a little glimpse into some of the stuff coming out next week for issue number 119. So please tune in and subscribe. And follow us, of course, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, at Sunspots Comics. So please check us out. So thank you again for listening. We really appreciate it. Hope you had a good time. Hope you find these comics and enjoy them and it enriches your life and you, you're happy looking at them. So uh, I love them all and I hope you do too. So I just leave you with some, some fun, friendly words to live by. 
is with great power comes great responsibility. Thank you, Uncle Ben and uh, Stan Lee for writing that. And of course, we all have that power within us, so express it. Be yourself and be like water, my friends. So thank you very much for listening and see you next week. Bye-bye. Comics now.